0: And now, live, it's time. Car will right, we'll go back into the gun. Jacobs cuts right. middle, walks in. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs
1: touchdown. It's time for the JT the Brick show. We have a good team. We have a good team that competes uh, with the all the time. On Raider Nation Radio, 9 20 a.m. We don't feel like effort's been an issue at all. Gets the handoff, bust toward the end. Of, jackpot, baby. Pinion Drake takes it home. Here's your host, JT the Brick.
2: Out of the gate, JT, with you today. Hope you're doing well. We got a big show because the Washington football team is coming to town. You used to saying that name. I'm not. I I don't – a lot of people can't say the L.A. Chargers. They continue to say – even broadcasters who are calling the game say the San Diego Chargers. They've had a couple of years to do that. The Washington football team, with all the drama that's been going on with that organization, how come they haven't been able to decide on a new name – leaving Redskins behind. And don't be afraid to say Redskins. We have enough respect to call them the Washington football team, but as I've said before, every great broadcaster and president of the United States has used that term to describe that former football team back in the day where the coaches used to go to the Oval Office and write up plays to Richard Nixon, George Allen did, and Joe Gibbs would have meetings with the presidents because he would win in Super Bowls back then. So I just want to throw that out. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with the Washington football team. So a lot of my friends, i got some friends back east who are Washington fans, and they want to keep it. They want to keep that as the name. We wouldn't like the Las Vegas football team. We would hate it. We love the Raiders. They're an iconic brand. They have an iconic logo. They have iconic original colors. The silver and black. We have all that. So the Washington football team has been going through a lot of drama the last couple of years under this ownership of Daniel Schneider, who got a little light slap on the list for what happened with an investigation that went on that no one seems to know much about, because believe it or not, the NFL did not require audio of it. and, and all it is is a written summation of what happened there, and we don't seem to know, and that that's gone. It was an oral, it was an oral argument. After the investigation closed out to the NFL, and we don't have documents to look at. Even though there were a ton of documents involved in that case, including 650,000 emails, we have nothing to look at. Unless there might be something to look at down the road if higher authorities get involved. Welcome to the show. We're brought to you by Golden Entertainment. They own Arizona Charlies, the Strat, and over 64 PTs here in town. They fuel the monologue. It's a great place to go. The best happy hour in town, 5-7 to and midnight to 2 and a great place to watch the Golden Knights as we'll be talking more and more about the Golden Knights coming up here depending on how long the Raiders are in this playoff hunt and I hope it's to the end of the year and I hope the Raiders play in the postseason, obviously. If the Raiders want to make the playoffs, they have to win this game. Do we all agree? It wasn't a topic that I broached back when Chicago came to town. Philadelphia came to town. The Raiders went off the bye week to Met Life to play the Giants. I've been doing this long enough. I don't talk playoffs after week six or seven. Just not going to do it. But now we have no choice. Week 13, every team that's left and in the hunt or already in the playoffs, like the Washington football team, as a seven seed. Every game adds that much more to the national discussion. And the Raiders had an epic win on Thanksgiving. It was the most watched football game in almost three decades, when we go back to 1993 in the regular season. How is that possible? I'll tell you why it's possible. The Raiders and the Cowboys. That's why fans have dreamed the Raiders and the Cowboys in a Super Bowl matchup. Cowboys won two of their three Super Bowls with the triplets beating Buffalo. Buffalo had a good team back then with Jim Kelly. No, they were good teams, very good teams. But they weren't as good as the Raiders when they won Super Bowl 18 if you look at the history of this rivalry, there's a great history with the Raiders winning. We talked to Tom Flores about Super Bowl 18 and Marcus Allen's reverse run, taken off down the middle of the field and what that meant, the Jack Squirek touchdown at the end of the first half and all the great moments in that game. There is rivalry. There is a real rivalry between the Washington football team and the Raiders. And now this will add to the rivalry because it's an absolute make-or-break game absolute make or break game and I like the Raiders chances to win this game Washington is traveling on a short week coming off Monday night football they don't have their absolute best player in Chase Young their superstar their version of T.J. Watt their edge rushers out and then they're a team that has a backup quarterback in Tyler Heineke and if you look at him he's a backup quarterback if the Washington football team can get Russell Wilson If they could get Derek Carr, if they could get a player like Aaron Rodgers, they would dump this quarterback and go get him. Because with Heineke, you can't go into the season believing that you can win a Super Bowl. You can't. It's outlandish to think you can. Carolina thought that they could win with Sam Darnold. How did that work out? New Orleans thought they had a good chance with Jameis Winston, and I agree. I think Jameis is good. Jameis is gone. And they don't now feel like they can have a good opportunity to win a Super Bowl with Simeon, Trevor Simeon. Heineke is in that boat. He is a backup quarterback playing above his ability, a great journeyman story, guy who shouldn't have been in the league and fought his way to stay in the league. And now if he continues to win, he'll keep his job. So we don't want the Raiders to be a part of the Heineke resume that talks about him getting a contract extension and Ron Rivera saying, you know, This guy's going to be our quarterback of the future. The only way that happens is if he beats the Raiders in Las Vegas and they continue to march to the playoffs. Does everybody understand me on that? This is very important that you understand this topic. It's a big one that I'm doing today. Is that Derek Carr, who doesn't play one-on-one basketball, he's not playing tennis like Federer and Nadal, but it is Carr versus Heineke. It is. There's no other way to spin it. Derek Carr leads the league in passing yards. He's going up against a backup quarterback who's playing reasonably well. Derek Carr is the face of this franchise. Derek Carr just won a game that the whole world saw. I mean, the ratings were enormous, and now Derek has got to win another game against a quarterback that he is significantly better than. So Derek has to move the chains and keep Heineke on the bench because what Heineke's been doing, which has been fabulous, and I talked about it today with Rich Passaccia, I had my interview today for TV, Silver and Black show with the head coach today. Man, he was in a great mood. We talked about the win in Dallas, but he's got a lot of respect for Washington. He's been involved in that rivalry for a damn long time, and he knows that this game is all about ball control. The Washington football team had the ball for 41 minutes against a Pete Carroll-led team. Let that sink in. Pete Carroll's a hell of a coach. His defenses, the Legion of Boom, they're not the same anymore. We know that Seattle's having a down year. You don't control the ball against a Pete Carroll team for 41 minutes unless you are smash mouth and you are physical. And they were able to do it. They ran the ball 43 times. So that's how you keep Derek Carr on the sideline. And we don't want to see that. Because the last couple of games before the Alice game, we saw Derek Carr on the sideline with bad body language staring at the space, no one around him. And I took two weeks of calls coming off the three-game losing streak of why isn't Derek getting off his butt and getting off the bench and firing everybody up? Remember those calls? I do. I had to take them. And now we're at a point where Derek was running off the field and he's laughing and Daniel Carlson's eating a turkey leg with a Stetson hat on and Derek's all happy. Now we got to keep that momentum for the quarterback of the Silver and Black and hope that he is able to keep this energy alive and do some great things. So with all that being said, with all that being said today, and tomorrow I have a short show on Fridays now for the rest of the season, or at least for the next couple of weeks, I'm hosting the Silver and Black TV show on top of interviewing the coach. So i got to be at the building. So Q's stepping up for me for an hour of the show. So i just got a couple of hours left to talk to you about your preview of the game. And I'd like the energy to be much higher than it was earlier in the week. Because we, we're in a kind of a bye week still, right? They, they played on Thanksgiving. They had some added time off. They came back. And now everybody's kind of getting accustomed to what's happening with the Raiders. We need the radio show to be at a nine. We need it to be at a nine, nine and a half. And we need to get the best fans in all of Raider Nation on this show. Talking about the outcome of this game and what you expect to see. Now the big news today, uh, Darren Waller not at practice. I talked to Rich Passaccia about it. We had a big conversation about Foster Moreau. It's go time for Foster Moreau, who in the last time he stepped up for Waller, when Waller didn't play against Philadelphia, had six catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. He played very well in that game. And Foster Moreau is another player that fans talk about, well, how come Foster Moreau doesn't get more touches? How come Zay Jones, JT, doesn't get more touches? Hey, JT, how come the $6 million man, Kenyon Drake, doesn't get more touches? Well, it's their time now to step up and do it. So I don't want to hear how great Foster Moreau is. I know how great he is. I've watched his entire career. But what he is, he's a complement to Darren Waller. So if Darren Waller can't go on Sunday, Foster Moreau has to be better. Moreau has to be able to run better routes. He has to block, which is a big deal against Washington, and he's got to take advantage of the opportunities he's going to get in this game, which should be limited. He got six targets and had six receptions against Philadelphia. In this game, I would take that again. If if we can get the same thing out of Moreau, 60 yards, six catches, seven catches, eight catches for, say, 55, 60 yards and a touchdown, who wouldn't take that? But it's all going to have to come together here. Injuries are still a cause for concern for this team. And what's going to happen? we got to get into this. We have to get into this today. And we have to figure out what the Raiders need to do. What's the strength of the team? I'll go first. This is a passing team. The only way they get to the playoffs is passing with Derek Carr. That's it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know where to find me. I don't think they're going to turn into a smash-mouth running team In the next couple of weeks, that is defined by the run. Because if they choose to do that and it doesn't work, all hell will break loose. So, I think you go the opposite to the strength. You go four wide, you go with one back, and you just let Derek run faster and run the offense quicker. I thought the offense got bogged down in the losing streak that started with the New York Giants. I thought in that game the offense lost all confidence and said, we can't go over those two high safeties. We can't do it. Henry Ruggs is lost. We don't know what to do. And they took a step back, and they got beat. And then after it, I thought it kind of cratered out of control until they found their confidence on Thanksgiving Day 2021 in Dallas in front of Jerry Jones, and Derek went again and took his game to the next level. So the offense is open. Keep it open. 24-7 in Vegas, everybody. We don't close anything. You can get a burrito. You can play a hand of blackjack 24 hours a day here. And the Raider offense needs to be open 24-7. At practice, in walkthroughs, game day, warm-ups. Get Derek loose get him in a lather early, and get Derek out of the gate on that first jive to run no huddle, to play faster, have some gimmick plays, and to go up top early in this game. From here on out, Deshaun Jackson's got to get two hits a half. That's four deep balls a game. Now, what do you constitute as a deep ball? I don't know. Is it 20 yards, 25, 50? Whatever it is, Deshaun Jackson now, he's loose. He is ready to go. He's all over Raiders.com. He's talking to everybody, podcast. He's ready. So he is now up to speed, and he is a much more experienced route runner and professional wide receiver than Henry Ruggs ever was. Ruggs was coming into his own, a unique weapon. Deshaun Jackson's a much better player. He's not a Hall of Famer, but he's had so many big moments there. You got a veteran out of something very negative that happened with the Rugs tragedy, it opened the door for Deshaun Jackson, who is now a good teammate, and if this team lost four in a row, I don't know if I'd say that about Deshaun Jackson. I don't know what he would be like in the facility if the team lost four games in a row and was cratering and out of the playoffs. He's into it. He's into it. From what The people I talk to on and off the record, he is jacked up and he wants the ball now. So that's good. We talk about Waller again, don't know if he's going to play. We'll find out. We should know more in the next two days. And then finally, I'm really impressed with Josh Jacobs. I've been really hard. I've been hard on Josh Jacobs this year because I think that Josh Jacobs is at a point in his career where if he doesn't play better, he won't be here. He just won't. There's just too many running backs that are better than him. Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. right? You go around the league, Derrick Henry. Go from team to team. They all have a Josh Jacobs. Every team's got a guy that can run for 50 yards a game. We don't need that from Josh. 87 yards is really good, but we need the 130, the 140, the 160, the 120. we got to get that going. And I love this body language. I looked at tape today on a couple of those runs where he got through the initial point of contact and he had a burst. So it looks to me like Josh Jacobs is playing now healthy. And I don't know how long he's played injured. But I think we all know that he's been banged up for a while. He really has been banged up for a long time. And hopefully he's better now. So I just covered the offense with you. Let's go over it again. Four wide, open it up. Who are the four wide? You're not going to line up Moreau outside the tight end tackle box. He's probably going to be there to block, to chip, to be there. But he's going to be an asset. He's going to be running routes. You have Zay Jones, who could be good here because – I, I think you can get behind Washington's defense. Number three, you have Hunter Renfro, who's having a breakout year, an unbelievable year. And I mentioned Deshaun Jackson and Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. Andre James is playing better up front. Colt Miller uh, is in Pro Bowl mode. I don't know if he's going to get into the Pro Bowl, but he could. He's playing at that level. Parker and Leatherwood. Leatherwood and Parker. Parker and Leatherwood, you need to play better. You two guys now have been coached by Tom Bleeping Cable. He's the best offensive line coach in football. He's a former head coach. He knows everyone in this league. He knows every piece of film, every edge rusher, every, every defender. It is time for the Raider offensive line on the right side to show up. There's no more of these pre-snap penalties. There's no more looking back at Derek. There's no more waiting on Derek's energy. you got to be ready to go. You're professional football players. Alex Leatherwood was taken in the first round. I'm good with him. I'm good with him because he's a road grader. He's big, strong, and you notice how much he's played this year? He's available. He's available going into the Washington game. I like Alex Leatherwood. I like what he did winning the Outland Trophy at Alabama. I like the pressure that's on him. I like the fact that Mike Mayock took him. But, hey, he's got to play now. No more jumping off sides. No more holding. We can't go into every game saying Parker and Leatherwood are combined good for three penalties, a false start. Enough of this. These guys got to be exceptional the rest of the way. So that's what we have there. That's the offense. 702-365-9200. Jump in whenever the hell you want. I don't have four co-hosts. It's just me. So jump in whenever you want. Now we go to the defense. I talked to Coach Passaccia today about Mad Max and Yannick Ingakwe. And what I find fascinating about those two, they're not Howie Long and Greg Townsend yet. They're not. How could they be? But they're doing what Howie Long and Townsend did in the prime of their career where one of the two were double teamed and the other one feasted and had a big day. So Mad Max has been held a lot. The referees are not doing a good enough job calling holding penalties on Max Crosby. I think you're going to see a few of that now. I think Coach Basaccia and Tom Cable and everybody, everybody on the sideline, Greg Olson, they all understand that Mad Max is getting held. Gus Bradley, the leader of the defense. And I think you're going to see some flags called because Max is getting held. And Yannick is playing with the burst again. Early in the season, he was banged up, and now he's playing healthier. Key to this game will be the interior And what Thomas can do, what Hankins can do, Jefferson, what we see in the middle of the field, these guys got to be better. They got to do a better job against the run. The interior defensive tackles have to have an outstanding game against the Washington football team. They have to be great. And I don't know if they're going to be great. I just hope they play a good game. And then finally, uh, Brandon Perryman, who leads the league in solo tackles. What a great addition. How come my phones aren't lit up by people thanking Mike Mayock for getting that deal done? That's part of Mike Mayock's job. They brought in Perryman. Perryman's been outstanding. Where would this team be after Morrow wasn't available to play? Perryman comes in, and he's playing at a Pro Bowl level. He's going to the Pro Bowl. He should. He leads the league in tackles. He's got to have a big game. He's got to be exceptional in this game at the point of attack, Tackles for losses, tackles at the line of scrimmage, because I can't count on Corey Littleton yet. I'm waiting for the Littleton game where he shows up on SportsCenter, where Eric Allen on television after the game could say, let me isolate Littleton. He had the game of his life. We need to see that coming into this game. And then on the back end of the defense, I'm pretty good with it. No Trayvon Mullen concerning to me, concerning that that young man is not available to come back and play, and we don't get much of an answer other than it's week-to-week, he won't be available for this game, and now they're going to have to get more out of Nate Hobbs, who's been a tremendous draft pick, and Casey Hayward, who's playing at a Pro Bowl ability. Trayvon Merrig is an outstanding center fielder, but he's got to catch the ball. He has to catch the football and intercept it. There's going to be a lot of deep balls down the middle to scary Terry McLaurin, and he's going to be double-teamed, And you know what's going to happen. Heineke's going to look left, look right, and then McLaren's going to be going deep, and Trayvon's going to have to quickly pick up 20 yards and get over to Scary Terry and try to knock the ball down or intercept it And a huge, huge, massive Jonathan Abram game. Why? Because Abram is going to be needed in the box. He is going to have to play a linebacker at the safety position because this team had the ball for 41 minutes and 43 carries. So they're telling Gus Bradley and they're reminding Jonathan Abram that they are going to run the ball up the middle and they are going to run it off the edge and Jonathan Abram has to read the run quickly and get to the ball. He doesn't have to be the first one to the ball, but he better be the second. And then at times they're going to try to lure him in and then go over the top on him on play action. That's what the book says on Jonathan Abram. They sell that book at the Five and Dime everywhere at the local drugstore because the film on Jonathan Abram is if you're a running team and you get Abram to bite on the run, you can go over the top on him on play action. And I'm sure Gus Bradley has talked to him about that. So that's the monologue. That's what I got today. What do you got? 702-365-9200. Give me the final score, the MVP of the game. Uh, Daniel Carlson, we're going to need you. Second time, second time this year, special teams player of the week for the AFC. Use him. Bring him out there. Third down, I'm good with him putting up three. I want to see touchdowns, but I need a 50. I need a 52. I might need another 56. He's got to put up some points. Cole's been outstanding. And please kick the ball out the back. Please kick it out of the end zone. Do not let us see one opportunity for a Washington football team run back. So as we open up the show, we're brought to you by Modelo, the fighting spirit. I have a bucket of Modellos. I got the tall boys now, the big ones that Modelo dropped off. Can't wait to have them Friday after the Silver and Black show. Journey's in town. Big concert. First Friday, we'll talk to Ashley from Sam and Ash. She's going to join us a little bit later on the show. Vic Tafer is going to join us. I'm excited about that. And former NFL and college quarterback, and he was great in college, Danny Cannell. He's going to pick some games, too, as we take a look at the uh, moving lines. Eric Eager is supposed to join us. And your phone calls at 702-365-9200. Modelo, an official cerveza of the Las Vegas Raiders, brewed as a model of what good beer should be. Modelo Especial is a rich, full-flavored, Pilsner-style lager, delivering a crisp, refreshing taste, brewed with the fighting spirit since 1925. Also, quickly, I want to know what you're doing this weekend. I want some specifics now on the tailgates. I go to the Black Hole in J-Lot. Where's your tailgate? Maybe we'll slide by. I I got my game on. We're ready. Where's your tailgate? How have you been meeting up with your neighbors? What has the parking been like in your tailgate experience? Because a lot of people get in there early, and they go to the torch, and get their groove on there and get a couple of drinks, or they go to their club seats, or they just walk around to see this majestic stadium. But if you're tailgating for the Washington football team, let me know where your tailgate is, what's on the menu, what cocktails are you serving, because it's now go time. It's December, no weather complaints, you know how to get through traffic, you know when to leave, where to park. Let's go, Raider Nation. We need you. This is the flagship of the Raiders. I've been doing this since 1998 on several other flagships who didn't give a crap about this team. They could care less about this team. Now you've got teammates here on this lineup that are desperate for you to have wins and a great time. Vic Taffer will join us in an hour. Danny Cannell, Eric Eager, and your phone call, 702-365-9200. That Washington team looks like they're fueled up. Ron Rivera's got them ready to go. When we come back, we'll talk about a couple of their playmakers and some of the stats that jump out at me. To me, this is a pretty simple analysis of what they like to do. And what they like to do, I think, feeds into the Raiders. They like to throw away a lot of downs. They like to just give up on a lot of plays and hand it off up the middle for two or three yards. That could help out the Raiders along the way if the Raiders are able to stop the run. Chris in West Oakland is coming in from Oakland for this game. Chris, start us off. Hey, JT. Yeah, man, I wish we didn't play Friday night. I'd love to come in and
1: saw Journey also. And as far as the plans, you know, hey, for years, man, I, I fed people, drank at tailgates. Everybody would come by. I'm looking forward to just walking around the parking lot a little bit, taking it all in. Didn't do any tailgate in the first game I was in because it was 115 degrees. But kind of looking forward to checking out the scene, and I'm sure you'll hit me to no more of that later and as far as the game this week look i'm right with you jt every the raiders are a passing team again i don't want to waste downs if we're chewing them up through the air i don't mean abandon the run but i don't want to run the ball just to run the ball and on the other side i only got a few minutes here jt i'm going to be quick i'm a little bit concerned that the last three weeks the raider defense has given up over 100 points they've quietly not played very well and you said it best Tyler Heineke, we've got a a backup receiver that will throw interceptions. We've played a lot of quarterbacks this year, Daniel Jones, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, uh, Fields, guys that throw a lot of interceptions, and we never get one. The defense at some point has to give the offense a short field to work on, constantly not make this team go 75 yards in 8 or 10 plays. I want to see some explosive plays. I want to see no huddle, and I want to see more. I believe the reason we're not getting more out of Kenyon Drake is they don't play him enough. He's averaging almost 6 yards a carry. I don't know why he doesn't play more. That being said, JT, I'm going to go what I've always said. We've got to win the turnover battle. Uh, stop the run. The Raiders' interior line has had trouble stopping the run. That's my one concern is – We've got to stop them for two three-yard games on first down, not let them gas this team up the middle and constantly set up second and two, second and three. If we do that, you turn the game into a shootout, I don't think there's any way Tyler Heineke, without a running game, is going to be able to match Derek Carr. I said 30-24 last night. I'm going to amend that, JT. I believe Trayvon Merrick is going to get his first interception this week as well as Nate Hobbs. We're going to get two. This team's going to win 31-21. Get the Modellos and Crown Royal ready, my friend. I will be en route Saturday morning. Cannot wait for another Raider game in Vegas. Thanks for letting me rant, my friend. I will talk to you
2: soon. Thank you, Chris. The Raiders are third to last in scoring defense. Uh, They're giving up 26.8 points a game. The only team worse than that are the Falcons at 27.5, and there's only one team in all of football giving up 30 points a game, and that's the Jets. And you don't want to be anywhere near the Jets' defense at 30.4. So when you look at all these numbers, what the Raiders need to clean up is the Raiders are giving up 126 yards a game rushing. And you have a team coming in that wants to run the ball a lot. So the Raiders give up a lot of points and they give up a lot of yards on the ground. Gotta stop that. Gotta stop that now. Gus Bradley's a hell of a coach. And there's a whole bunch of other issues you can throw in there on why this is happening. The offense going three and out. The numbers are skewed now. Because the Raiders have lost three out of four before they won on Dallas. And that really uglied up the numbers on defense. Dave in Maryland. Thanks for waiting, Dave. You're up next. Go ahead.
0: JT, thanks for taking my call here. I live in Prince George's County, okay? I'm home of the Redskins. I'm flying out for the silver and black. None of the boys are coming. I'm coming with my girl. My girl, I need to know where the spot to hang is, and Raiders are going to win
1: this game. I hear a lot of people talk, oh, Jack Del Rio knows Tennessee. Jack Del Rio knows this. What about
0: Derek Carr? Derek Carr worked with Jack Del Rio. He knows Jack Del Rio's scheme and everything. I think the Raiders are going to command it. I like the last caller, and I'm flying all the way out from the East Coast to support the silver and black. Let's go, Raiders.
2: Yeah, thank you. Come on out and get to the tailgates. Anywhere in the J-lot, and there's other tailgates on the other side, uh, there's a guy listening from the other side of the country Thankfully, because of that Raiders mobile app, they want to know where to party. And on my, on my show, it's always been like that. If you've got a party, it always used to be Ricky's. We're going to Ricky's in San Leandro the night before the game. Well, if you've got an event at the Tropicana, you're doing something at Caesars, anything you're doing, let us know on the radio so other Raider fans can hear about it and jump on in because they want to join your party like I do every Saturday at Five Iron Golf. You'll see me in either Bay 2 or 3 hitting golf balls, and now my stroke average has gone down. They got league play. Leagues are for everyone, new players, avid golfers, and everyone in between. So you can go to fiveirongolf.com leagues or go there for a club fitting or just hit a bunch of golf balls, have a couple of cold drinks and some good food. i call them now, Five Iron Golf. It's inside Area 15. Vic Tafer in exactly an hour as we keep rolling here. I'm excited, I'm pretty pumped up. This is where I expected the Raiders to be. Maybe one more win at this point, but I think everybody needs to be good with it. Get this win, Raiders are seven and five, and there's a lot of chaos going on in the NFL. There's upsets every weekend, and maybe the Raiders can get some help as we scoreboard watch on the flagship.
0: I've been doing it so long. You know, even when I was, we were 0-10, we ended up beating like three playoff caliber teams at the end of that year. You know, we were not the best football team at that time. But um, but like I always, I always tell people, I was like, the NFL is designed for everyone to be kind of even. You know, there's superstar players. And there's, you know, but every, it's designed to be in this sweet area, right? And any given Sunday, anyone can win a game. And we don't feel like we're just some terrible team that beat a good team today. We feel like we're a good football team. And the last couple of weeks, we just had, you, know, we, you go look at the film, there's like three four plays. Each game we're like, gosh, head scratching plays. like that's not that's not me. you know that's not you. Um, we got to clean that up. Come on, we're better than that.
2: Yeah, you got to clean it up and they got to clean up everything. I talked to Rich Passaccia today. You'll hear that interview exclusively here tomorrow on Raider Nation Radio. I talked to Coach about the 28 penalties combined. 28 penalties combined in that game. 14 for each team. Could have been the difference in the game. Got to get those penalties under control. Have to. It extends drives of other teams. And you wonder why the Raiders' scoring defense number is so bad. Because there are mistakes along the way. Late hits. Jumping off sides. Can't do it. We're brought to you by Any Tires Plus. Go to anytiresplus.com. This is Frank from the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, my good friend. And, man, does he got another great business for you? Conveniently located off the corner of Lake Mead and Boulder Highway. And the one, when you get a smog inspection, my wife's always saying, you've got to get the smog. We need the smog by Tuesday. Well, you only pay five ninety five 95 at Any Tires Plus. And right now, get $50 off any new set of four tires at Any Tires Plus. They do it all for you. Great service, great team over there. Anytiresplus.com, 702-568-8473. So Brett Musburger made some news yesterday on this show. When I interviewed him, it's gone viral. It's in the New York Post today. Pro Football Talk led with it most of the day yesterday. As Brent came on yesterday and gave his comments about the John Gruden investigation.
0: First of all, mm-hmm. as I told Coach, whoever took you out, John, that was a paid assassin, okay? That, that was one of the best hit jobs that I've been a ever been around okay they did they didn't go to their media goombas they didn't leak this to adam Schefter uh, or one of those guys who break stories they first went to the wall street journal and when gruden was still coaching after that then they dumped the rest of it on the new york times that was a professional hit job but i want to tell everybody that i'm not completely sure it was somebody in the nfl there was a second lawsuit involved okay uh, between the owner, Snyder, of Washington, and a former general manager. And that means that a lot of outside people had access to those emails.
2: So a lot of people have called me and said, well, what do you think of his comments there? I'm fine. Brent's, a, Brent's 82 years old. He's a great content provider. He's one of the sharpest sports broadcasters of all time. And that's how he sees it. And that's a storyline on the Washington football team side as they come out here to play Las Vegas, we all know that. Everybody knows the elephant in the room on that investigation. That's not going to affect the outcome of the game, you would think, but the Raiders lost a hell of a head coach in John Gruden, and I've never defended nor would I ever defend the content of those emails. But that's an interesting story today, and a lot of content is being picked up from that interview. Uh, we'll replay that interview tomorrow at some point in time for the people who didn't get a chance to hear it as it's uh, picking up some steam virally out there. 702 365 9200 Passionate Raider. You're up next. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead.
1: What's up, JT? Man, you you hit it on the head with that defense, man. Past couple days. You know, I I've, I've been looking at, and really trying to pinpoint this defense awesome. Man, we're twenty-eight. We're ranked twenty-eight defense right now. And, and you just said a little bit ago, ninety-something points in the past three games, quietly been on the radar. So so this is what this this is what I'm looking at, man.
2: So what are you looking
1: at? To change. So I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out because they told us that Gus was coming in to change it, but we're still 28 at the bottom. At the bottom, getting, yeah. getting, I think they said earlier 28 red zone drives, and they and opposing mm-hmm. teams have scored 29 touchdowns. That is completely unacceptable, JT. That's got to get taken care of. But we're going to go anywhere. But I think this week, I think we can handle Heineke. I think they can get after that little dude. I think the Raiders win this weekend, 24 13. That's what I'm calling. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm praying and hoping for, JT. Thanks
2: for taking my call. Yeah, appreciate the call. I don't think they're going to hold them to 13 points. That'd be nice. I don't think that's going to happen. I talked about the amount of points that the Raiders' defense is giving up, and it's alarming. Are they due for a big game? I think they're due for some turnovers, but I'd expect this game. I expect the Raiders to put up 30, 31, uh, hold, hold Washington to under 28, under their season average, 26, do something like that. I think everybody would be okay with this. This team is what it is, as Barcel says. You are what you are at this point in the season. This team, when they don't play well, it's because their running game gets off to a slow start and they stay with it. And their passing game can't find a rhythm early. And they can't get off the field on third downs. And then the other thing that's haunting right now are penalties. So the team is struggling in a couple of categories, but they're coming off a monumental win. Which is, which is what makes me excited about this. It's this been a great week. I mean, I've been, I hope everybody's enjoying themselves since Thanksgiving. I mean, this is my life. I live this. When they don't win, it sucks. It really does. When they win, the older I've been doing this, it's more time to celebrate, enjoy it, have a good time with your friends, have a couple beers, talk about a Raider victory. That's where we're at now. We are in December with a team that's above 500 that had their coach resign. And a fatality car accident tragedy. If that isn't classes half full after all this negativity, being at six and five, you gotta get to seven and five. Seven and five is a fair, reasonable goal for this team. And then after that, you gotta win a couple more big games. But the fact that they put wins in the bank early in the season really saved the season up until now. You know, beating Baltimore and Pittsburgh back to back saved the season gives us hope and an opportunity to be two games over 500. That's what I'm selling. I'm selling that hard going into the torch on Sunday. That's all I got. This team has a chance to put together a great win at home. And other than those 30 unanswered points against the Eagles at home, they don't play well at home, and I don't know why. It has nothing to do with the amount of fans who come in. That's garbage. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the execution of the offense in the first quarter. I finish the pregame, I go on the field, I go sit with my wife in our little neighborhood in the Twitch Lounge where I'm meeting some really good fans. And I sit there, and when I get up at the end of the first quarter, it's seven-nothing. I'm like, what's going on here? Great rock concert, great performance, great flyover and band on the field, great. Be ready to play. Come out with a better game plan early, which is more aggressive, to get the team off to a hotter start. This team isn't going to get off to a fast start. because They could, but do you expect them to get the ball and go on a six-minute drive all the way downfield taking seven minutes off the clock and then go up seven-nothing? I don't. I expect them to throw two passes, 130, 123 yards. They're already in field goal range, and then they attack the end zone. Get off to a fast start, not a good start. A good start will happen if the team starts faster. Something I'm waiting to see at home. Adam in Vegas. Thanks for calling. Adam, what's happening? Hey,
1: JG. Happy to be talking to you. Lifelong Raiders fan. Been listening to you since I was little. Um, Colin representing Lot J, Tailgate Lot J. Um, get everybody over there. You know, there's a lot of tailgates out around the stadium. Lot J is right in front, right there on the south side. Mm-hmm. Great party going on. All season ticket holders. We can get everybody yep. over there into Lot J. Um, Enough against the other lots but if we could pack that lot jay and make that the official tailgate of the raiders i think that'd be awesome i always park up against the uh, curb there with the palm Mm -hmm. trees uh we're having buffalo chicken smash burgers this week well jello shots and jack jack daniels uh if anyone wants to come by
2: come say hi we'll be there with all the other season ticket holders shout out to my uh tailgate friend gene All right, well, we'll put you on hold. I have a $50 Grimaldi's gift card for you for inviting me to the tailgate, so I appreciate that. You got it. Put them on hold, Bobby. Get them a $50 Grimaldi's gift card, best pizza I ever had. Uh, I'm saving up all my gift cards because my sons are coming home from college in weeks, and they just growl and look for those gift cards and then live at Grimaldi's. I mean, they live there. They go to Roberto's in the morning to get their breakfast tacos and burritos, and then I look around, and they're going through my wallet for Grimaldi's gift cards. <laughs> they go through the Grimaldi's gift cards that I get. I get a few cards because I've been with Grimaldi longer than anybody. And then uh, they drive now, and they can't drink. And, of course, not drink and drive, but they sit at Grimaldi's. And, man, they, they split a pie. They get a pie between them. And they sit there, and they, they eat a large pie, Brooklyn Bridge. And they come home with an extra pie that they put in the outdoor fridge, hoping Dad doesn't see it. 702-365-9200. Here's John in Vegas on the Raider flagship. Hello, John. John is gone. That opens up a line for you, 702-365-9200. Look, J-Lot is getting some momentum. How about that? J-Lot's getting some momentum. Yeah, that's where I hang out. I come from media Parking. I take my shuttle from, no, I won't, I won't mention my media parking, because I love my media parking. I walk from media parking, I cross over Russell at Polaris, and then I go in, and I have an ice-cold Modelo, that's my limit, before the pregame show and the j
0: Man, one thing I can say about Passaccia is that he has the team's attention. He has, he has full control of the room. Um, a lot of the guys before he even became the head coach was, he was like one of the favorite coaches, you know what I'm saying? He, he um, just has everybody's respect. Um, so when he talks, a lot of people listen to him and a lot of people believe in the, in the words that he says. Um, so just to see him come out and still tell, uh, believing in us and telling us, like, you know, getting us going, getting us rowdy, keeping us on pace when we need to be. Um, it's definitely good for our team.
2: That's Josh Jacobs. I like the way Josh is playing. I really do. We've been hard on Josh. We need more production. We need bigger numbers from Josh. And I think it started on Thanksgiving. We get a chance now to visit with Tommy White, 872 Labors. They built the stadium safely on time. It is the jewel of the NFL. Tommy, it's been a big year. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. You and your family are doing well.
0: Yeah, JT, everything was great. You know, the uh, best part about Thanksgiving was watching the Raiders win.
2: <laughs> yeah, take me through that, Tommy. It's a long day. I was over at the M. Um, you know, it's the second game, and you saw it was the most watched regular season football game since 1993, thanks to Jerry Jones, who you know, and your good yep. friend Mark Davis. Yep.
0: the You know, watching that game um, – uh you know you're sitting there it's just like i mean it's just like any other thing that could go wrong in a raiders game right it's uh you're up you're down you're there you're not there you are not get pulled back you are getting pushed forward um but at the end it was great to see the raiders pull it off i mean now we need we need to win this weekend and uh just kind of keep the fans going and keep the momentum going and uh try to bring this team into the playoffs
2: Tommy White, 872 Labor, is a proud partner of our show. It means the world to us. Tommy, we had a lot of callers calling in today about the tailgates and the parking and the J-lot. I never asked you this. When you're building this gorgeous stadium and Mark Davis had a vision of the tailgating and what he wanted there and now fans are starting to do it, Take me back in the day when you were thinking of parking, where to put the lots. Plus, you had a massive construction site going, where you were using those parking uh, structures and the, the lot area for equipment and storage. What was your vision of the parking when the project started? You know,
0: um, since since the beginning, I wasn't not you know one of the uh, out there advocating for for you know more parking, and and we don't uh, actually we're not going to have enough parking. I, I had a feeling that we were going to be using the the Harmon Bridge as a crossover, uh-huh. um, and just to see the flow of fans coming over that bridge, and then everybody kind of spreading out and going to the different tailgating areas. Um, I mean, I have some staff members that tailgate off of D Martin. I have some members that tailgate up on uh, Russell Road. And <clears throat> although it's spread out, it gives the ability uh-huh. for people to walk from one area to the next, and and just walking that distance but going back to what you was talking about what you asked was with the members parking um you know it was it was very hard to kind of visualize at the very beginning Uh how we were going to get the stadium in the ground go down 30 something feet come up uh you know with structural steel, quarter concrete, come up with structural steel and still figure out where everybody was going to be able to, all the workers were going to be able to get to work and park and get on the job safe. But, um, you know, these, these construction jobs that we do and, and stadium, like the stadium we built here for Legion for the Raiders, um, it all comes together in the end. I, I never doubted it. I never had, uh, a bad opinion on, on any work that was performed there or anything that was going to get done and, and just having Mark Davis out there and digging into the ground. I mean, I still got the uh, the firing pin of when he, he blew up the first uh, the section out there to get on the ground. And um, I mean, just thinking back and looking at all that, it, it, listen, it's a legacy for me. It's a legacy for my union, and, and uh, that's the one thing that we will never build again here in Las Vegas is a football stadium that's going to look like
2: that no doubt about it tommy white 872 laborers always appreciate his time tommy finally also i know part of your legacy in the union is building this gorgeous stadium now where the pac-12 championship is these massive kickoff classics we've talked about the concerts we've been to a few of them together i mean what are people telling you around the country who are coming to these concerts and these other events that are not raider events
0: well, I mean, listen. Everybody I talk to, they're um, they're looking forward to just getting into the stadium and watching something. And um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, you know, whenever you see a concert in a stadium, and it's, you know, it's a, this big, huge event. I, I'm i I'm the type of person that I want to go see a concert. I want to be right down there in the mix, right up in front. And yep. uh, with with the stadium, you have a great view on on the big screens of what's going on during that, that concert, and, and you can see the performers great. Um, you're down on the field. The sound is fantastic. Up in the seats, the sound is fantastic. Um, and, you know, it's I have a lot of friends that have came in from different areas throughout the country. i got a couple of friends that are coming in from uh, Canada, and uh, they're really looking forward to being you know being at the stadium. Actually, you know, you could take... An hour, you can take two hours, you get to the stadium early and take two hours just walking around and seeing all the mm-hmm. different paintings and all the different, uh, the, all the stuff that Mark Davis put into that stadium just to give something different back to uh, the, the community. And, and it's unlike any stadium out there. And it's just a lot of fun no matter where you go there. All
2: right, Tommy, thanks for doing this again. I'll see you out at the Torch. Uh, great connecting with you again. And we'll do it in a couple of weeks. All the best, buddy. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. Go Raiders. You got it. We appreciate you. He's a proud partner of our show, the 872 Laborers, that built that stadium. They built that beautiful stadium on time. They built it safely, and now we can all enjoy it here. There's this talk of new projects in this town and what happens. The construction workers, the people, the engineers, those who work on these construction projects. As a, once again, I plug the 872 Laborers. I mean, this town, that's what makes Vegas so quick, vibrant, fast. You get a project, it's up. It's up. I'm going to get into it next hour, what I think about the A's and what the A's, their new project. Is this like the 10th project for the A's? Uh, I am not a fan of the ownership of the A's and their president. I don't hate anybody. I don't know them. I just don't like the way they're treating their fans. And they're treating their fans so poorly that if Vegas doesn't work for them, they might have nobody up there. They might play in front of a Little League crowd of 200 people if they screw this up. Vic Tafer also joins us next hour as we continue right here. Love that you're listening to the flagship.